Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. It is officially time to get the Falcons roster down to 53 players. The Atlanta Falcons have until, like the rest of the NFL, Tuesday at 4 o'clock to pair their training camp roster down to the required 53 players um, by the NFL. And it's going to be a really, really tough decision for the Atlanta Falcons. This is an exercise that I would encourage a lot of people to do pretty quickly. It doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, just pull up the roster for training camp and kind of go position by position uh, and just list who you think should be on the team based on what you've seen. And you'll be surprised at how quickly it can fill up. Um, and, you know, certain teams like to carry certain positions deeper than others. Um, special teams certainly plays a big role in how everything ultimately shakes out. So that is what we're going to do today. I'm going to provide my official 53-man roster prediction before today's 4 p.m. deadline, and we're going to just kind of see how close I get after watching all of the preseason games, uh, attending a few training camp practices to get a feel for you know how players are performing in practice. So get ready, get your pens and paper out if you want to follow along, and we are going to dive into all of that right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports like MMA and boxing, esports like video games, obviously, and even golf. Want to live tour, PGA, probably both. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's start right off at the top, shall we? Quarterback, easy, simple. It's probably one of the easier ones, maybe the easiest one on the entire roster. Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, Felipe Franks. No surprise there. The only three quarterbacks that they have had in training camp this summer. Um, Marcus Mariota played really well in all of his starts. The two starts he made in the preseason um, looked pretty polished. Definitely showed the athleticism. You know, again, I... I Wonder how high the ceiling is offensively with Marcus Mariota, but I think the ship will be okay. Desmond Ritter got a lot of run, um, including the majority of the final preseason game, really the majority of all of them, but he started that final preseason game. Has been up and down, but mostly up. And the way in which he has been up has particularly been inspiring. Um, really resilient so far. Some beautiful throws. Uh, definitely is a you know, I think a stronger arm than maybe we thought coming into the league, or at least the arm pops kind of when he releases it. So nice velocity still could work on a few things here or there, but Hey, he's a rookie. And, and for his first preseason, I thought he did really, really well. Felipe Franks is 
definitely the wild card here. Obviously, he the expectation is that it's going to be used in a little bit more of a gadgety role than, you know, your typical third quarterback would. Um, but he did get a little bit of run in the preseason at the quarterback position. That was the same plan in training camp. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Falcons use him. Obviously, teams don't really want to get in the habit of going down to their third string quarterback to play the quarterback position. But I have the feeling that Felipe Franks will be seen on the football field in a few different ways uh, in 2022. So those are quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, no surprises there. Let's go to a slightly harder position um, and has definitely been one of the most fun positions to watch throughout training camp. And that has been the running back position. Uh, And this is not entirely different from the way that the Falcons have been the last little bit. You know, I I think back to kind of Quadri Allison's rookie year when he had Brian Hill and Ito Smith. And, um, you know, I think Devontae was still around for that that one year. And it was just a little bit of a hodgepodge. And it's kind of felt that way at times throughout training camp, but for better reasons. It's because I I think a lot of these players are of similar caliber, but probably going to be a little bit more effective, at least in this Atlanta offense. Certainly, we know that Cordero Patterson is back as the starter, a little bit of a hybrid player here. He's not a total full workhorse running back, but he does have the vision to, to get it done kind of in between the tackles or, you know, bouncing it outside, things like that. But he is going to be a dynamic uh, player, I think, in Atlanta's passing game. So he's penciled in as the starter, if not necessarily coming out of the backfield. Damian Williams, I think from the get go, this is a, a player that the staff has been maybe higher on than the fan base. But I think a lot of that has to do with some of the intangible qualities that Williams brings to this locker room, um, his leadership ability. And, you know, when he's been healthy in the league, he's he's definitely been capable in spurts. So I think it's pretty safe to pencil him in here after he didn't even play in the third preseason game. This is where it gets it gets kind of tricky because Caleb Hundley had the best game of all of the Falcons running backs in the final preseason game. However, he admitted himself that he's not had the best camp. And this was something that, you know, I'd kind of been keeping track of. Caleb Huntley had a really strong start to, I think, training camp the first week or so, the first week and a half. He looked really sharp, but then the other guys started to catch up. And so that is why currently I've got Caleb Huntley of the three on the outside looking in. And I've got rookie Tyler Algier and Quadri Allison making the 53-man roster as kind of your more bell cow running backs. Um, obviously, Tyler Algier as a rookie, very exciting player. A lot of fans are, are really excited to see what he can do. It would have been tough and weird to, to kind of cut a rookie, um, especially because Tyler Algier hasn't done necessarily anything to lose his job. He's run really hard. He scored two touchdowns in the final preseason game. So I think that his job is pretty safe. And then Quadri Allison may be one of the most improved players Throughout all of camp, he has looked really sharp. I thought he's run the ball well. I thought he's displayed some nice shiftiness to kind of make some some cuts when he needs to, when his vision kind of identifies more space that's available to him. But then he can also lower the shoulder, run through people. I've mentioned his pass protection here on the pod before. I think that is much improved. So Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, Quadri Allison, and then the fifth guy, but this is more just a special team's area to put him is Avery Williams. Um, He's going to, I think, have a role as a returner on this team. Um, Definitely be heavy on special teams, but he's also a little bit of a receiving threat, I think, out of the backfield. Can make some men miss. 
and the Falcons have been kind of looking at him in some sort of defensive capacity here recently uh, as, as a little bit of a depth um, insurance in case they need to go that way. He is, of course, a former defensive back. So Caleb Huntley is kind of my guy left on the outside looking in. But if he's able to clear waivers, I think the Falcons would be interested in adding him back to the practice squad, uh, which I would be very uh, pleased to see because I do think that third that third game was definitely great in the preseason. So he is worth, I think, still looking at long term. So that's Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, Quadri Allison, and Avery Williams as your five running backs that I have making the 53-man roster. Wide receiver, Drake London, who we saw for a brief, brief, amazing moment. And then he was shut down for the rest of the preseason, rightfully so. Hopefully, he is good to go in week one. I have him as, as the starter. Brian Edwards, Alameda Zacchaeus, kind of round out the top three there. This one probably was, was a little tighter at the beginning. I think some players started to really separate themselves as camp went on, as preseason went on. And then certainly when you lost both Geronimo Allison and Auden Tate in the same cut day, that cleared some things up. So my final three, because I have six receivers making the 53-man roster initially, Kaderil Hodge, Demir Bird, and then Jared Bernhardt. And I think that Frank Darby made things a little bit interesting for me with his, his 32-yard catch um, on Saturday against Jacksonville. But by and large, Jared Bernhardt has had similarly impressive plays, and he's just been more consistent. Um, he's Got a very interesting, unique background. I think that the team really appreciates kind of his hardworking demeanor. I don't think that means Frank Darby is necessarily gone. I think that there is still some stuff to look at here, and the team may invite him back on the practice squad. I also have Stanley Berryhill kind of circled for the practice squad if if they are interested in in kind of exploring his skill set a little bit more. He impressed me in the practices that I attended. Kadero Hodge has been really consistent across, I think, all three preseason games. I don't know if he's going to necessarily be the flashiest player uh, for Atlanta this season, but I could see him in a little bit of a Justin Hardy role where kind of your fourth receiver gets out there and makes a couple plays. Demir Bird is maybe a little bit more of an explosive option for them. He's a little bit more in that Alameda Zacchaeus mold for me, um, and I think he has made several reliable plays throughout the preseason. And then, yeah, Jared Bernhardt's going to be a real wild card, but he's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if he does indeed make the 53-man roster, obviously that's going to come with a very big role on special teams. That's where he's probably going to get primarily the um, most run kind of with the Falcons as a rookie if he does make the 53-man roster. But yeah, I'm really, I think he's done a great job this preseason. I think he's earned a spot on the roster. Now we'll have to see where it goes uh, because it's much, much more different when you get into the regular season. But kudos to Jared Bernhardt. As of now, I've got him on the 53-man roster, and I think he definitely deserves that. So brief recap of our wide receivers. We've got Drake London, Brian Edwards, Alameda Zacchaeus, Kaderil Hodge, Demir Bird, and Jared Bernhardt. Those are your six. And I've got Frank Darby and Stanley Berryhill on the practice squad. Tight end. Another easy one. Again, Felipe Franks kind of, in my mind, is a pseudo fourth tight end. He just happens to take up a quarterback spot. So we've got three here. Kyle Pitts, Anthony Ferkser, I don't think are certainly not Kyle Pitts. I mean, if anybody, if anybody has Kyle Pitts off of their 53 man roster, um, I would put them in the same category as like, why do we see on ESPN fantasy leagues that like 
Patrick Mahomes is owned by 99.9% of people. Shouldn't that be 100? Anyway, those are the people that probably would leave Kyle Pitts off of their uh, roster projection. So he's on. Anthony Ferkser is on. I think it was a little weird that he played yesterday, but again, they they kind of had to bring back Tucker Fisk to play. I think that they some injuries at a couple of positions left them kind of short in some areas. And because tight end is generally not a spot where you carry a ton of people, and because Felipe Franks was being used as a quarterback yesterday and not a tight end, I think that all played into it. Berkser did get dinged up a little bit. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. It doesn't seem to be. Those are two of the three. The third one was was difficult. Um, I think Michael Pruitt did as good a job as he honestly could have been expected to do coming in here. And if he makes the final 53, I'm not going to be shocked because there is some familiarity there. He he is a little bit more experienced in this league. Um, the second preseason game, really, he flashed as a receiver um, and showed some good chemistry with Desmond Ritter. But Parker Hesse has just consistently been getting run in these preseason games. He He has been very active in practice, um, oftentimes with kind of that second team, third team unit. Uh, and so I'm giving him the nod here on that 53 man roster. I think the Falcons like what he brings as a tenacious blocker. He can do a few different things as a blocker, but then he also has some receiving upside. You know, he's, he's got to work on his catching. I've still seen a few too many drops for my liking out there in practice, but They've got plenty of receiving options at tight end with the other three guys. So if Parker Hesse already has the blocking down to where the coaching staff is comfortable with him and they are willing to reward him with the spot because of that while continuing to invest in the upside that he can potentially develop into a a decent receiver at the NFL level, then that makes a lot of sense to me. And Parker Hesse, welcome to the 53-man roster. I don't I'm you know I know that new practice squad rules mean that they can carry veterans on the practice squad whether or not Michael Pruitt wants to be there or will be invited to be there remains to be seen um but we could see somebody like John Fitzpatrick if they want to go with with their rookie route and continue to develop him there but Fitzpatrick was away from the team over the last week of practice did not play in the preseason game don't really know what's going on there so that's all up in the air I kind of stayed away from that but those are just a couple more quick thoughts um, on the tight end position. Last one here for the offense, and it is the offensive line. A lot of guys here. I've got nine offensive linemen. Let, let's just let's go through the starters real quick. Jake Matthews, Elijah Wilkinson, either Matt Hennessy or Drew Dahlman, Chris Lindstrom, Kayla McGarry. So those are five right there. We still don't know which way the winds are blowing with the center battle. Um, I kind of don't think we're going to get any indication of that either in the week leading up to the Saints game. That is absolutely going to be something that the coaching staff takes all the way up until kickoff. And then we will have to wait for D-Led's tweet or Tori's tweet or Mike Rothstein's tweet or whoever is at the game tweeting us that one of Matt Hennessy or Drew Dahlman is running out with the starting offense to take the first snap. That is exactly how this is going to go. I feel more confident about that than I do any of these roster projections. Anyway, let's get to the reserves. So we've got six guys that I just named. Either Matt Hennessy or Drew Dahlman will find himself among uh, the the kind of second team guys. But in, joining them are Jalen Mayfield, Jermaine Effetti, and Colby Gossett. Uh, you know, I think it was kind of telling when Colby Gossett didn't play in that third preseason game. Now, maybe an injury popped up that we don't know about. Maybe something else happened, but I think it was kind of telling that they 
really played their kind of third and fourth string offensive lineman the entirety of the game. That should give us some indication of where the Falcons are, are leaning in this instance. And it may come down to, you know, Jalen Mayfield did not have the greatest training camp in the world. He, he wasn't bad by any means, but I, I don't think it was the big second year leap that people were hoping for. And, and maybe Colby Gossett, look, he's experienced in this league. He is, he has played for a little while. Maybe they want to kind of continue to evaluate both of these players. And if a decision has to be made in the future, then they've got a couple of guys that they can kind of talk about instead of just totally having to turn over to, to Jalen Mayfield. So that seems a little bit like you're covering your bases there. Jermaine Fetty has played, you know, guard and right tackle. So only the real lurch the Falcons would be left in would be if Jake Matthews goes down. Knock on wood, he is a very valuable and um, healthy player, for lack of a better word. He's he's endured a lot, and he doesn't get dinged up too, too much. So here's to Jake Matthews making it through all 17 games. If he doesn't, though, and for some reason the team needs to turn to an, an option at left tackle, I kind of get the sense they would go outside of the building or... You know, that that's a chance where maybe you look at somebody on the practice squad or another big move, kind of evaluate the situation there, because there's not really a, a great, great left tackle option long term here for the Falcons. If Jake Matthews is to miss extended time um, this season, if it's one game, maybe you can get away with with Jermaine Fetty kind of swinging over there or you know something else. But I don't think that's an ideal solution. Speaking of the practice squad, though, Tyler Vrabel, Justin Schaefer, the rookie out of Georgia, and uh, Tyler Neisel, um, those are the guys that I think currently I would circle in for the practice squad. Tyler Vrabel, I thought, had a really nice game. Same with Tyler Neisel. Um, in the third game, Justin Schaefer, you know, he he could easily get cut. We haven't seen a ton from him so far this uh, this training camp and preseason, but he was out there for 100% of the snaps on Saturday. Um, and I do think that there is upside there. Certainly, he's got the the Georgia ties, as do a lot of people on this roster. A lot of players are from uh, Georgia, even if they didn't go play at the University of Georgia like Justin Schaefer did. But I know a lot of fans are are still excited to see what he can become. So that's, that's usually a player that a, a team likes to keep on the practice squad. They were interested in him for a reason. And let's see if they can continue to develop that. So... The nine offensive linemen, again, that I have, Jake Matthews, Elijah Wilkinson, Matt Hennessy, Drew Dahlman, Chris Lindstrom, Kayla McGarry, Jalen Mayfield, Jermaine Effetti, and Colby Gossett. So those are nine offensive linemen. That is, if you're keeping score at home, 26 players on the offense. So that leaves us with 27 for the defense. Well, that leaves us with 24 for the defense and then three special teamers. Um, in case you guys are keeping track, let's move to the defensive line where things really kind of get interesting for the first time. And, and I'm going to walk through my thought process here because it really impacts a number of positions on the defense. Um, no surprise, I think, for your your top three. It's felt like this has been the case for a little while here. Grady Jarrett, bona fide superstar, Anthony Rush, um, kind of their bigger nose tackle who came on strong after joining the team last year has had a solid camp. Um, nothing to worry about, I think there. And then Taquan Graham, who in his second season has been pretty nice. I think coming off of the edge opposite of Grady Jarrett, 
Um, so you like what what he brings to the table. And it's nice to see a, a second year player kind of step up into a starting role. So here's where it gets interesting. And, and the real reason why is Marlon Davidson. Um, you know, I, I think Mike Rothstein and his 53 man roster projection, which I didn't look at any roster projections as I was putting this together. Um, I specifically went and looked at his because I, I trust him to kind of, he obviously reported the Marlon Davidson news and, you know, he's somebody I like to bounce, bounce thoughts on. So I wanted to see how he was kind of wording it with Marlon Davidson. They are including him in their 53 man roster projection with the caveat that they expect Marlon Davidson to start the year on IR, which would open up another spot for somebody else. And if they decide to go defensive line, um, you know, I've got one of these guys listed here. So I'm going to say that like Mike, Marlon starts the year on, on IR and, and probably one of these shorter term IRs. You know, I, I don't think that Marlon's in jeopardy of missing eight games or anything like that. I think that the, the team will just want to maybe have a little bit more time to feel out some of these guys that are right here on the bubble. Now, the regular season is not the best time to do that. They're going to have to kind of pay attention and practice, but these players should all have roles on special teams. So maybe that is where it sorts itself out. Anyway, behind Grady Jarrett, Anthony Rush, and Taquan Graham, I have Abdullah Anderson, who I think the Falcons uh, brought in here to kind of be that backup a little bit to Anthony Rush and kind of be a bigger body after they cycled through, you know, Eddie Goldman and and different guys like that, who Jalen Dalton a little bit as well before he got banged up. Um, so they they need a little bit of a bigger body in here to be that kind of nose tackle, eat up some of these blocks. And then Derek Tangelo, who I really think took a big step forward and and kind of won this spot over Timmy Horn, um, over Nick Thurman, guys like that who were really in competition with a great third preseason game. I mean, I, I was really, really impressed with the way that he played. Obviously, he had a big sack in that game. He also had two tackles for a loss and finished with five tackles. So he kind of needed to play well in the biggest um, in that final game. And, and he really came through in a big way. So Derek Tangelo is going to be my fifth guy on the Falcons defensive line, 53 man roster. Marlon Davidson, again, I think he's going to go on IR. So that'll open up one of these spots. And I think Tangelo is going to be the guy that gets it. This may be all reevaluated as they either choose not to put Davidson on IR, in which case Tangelo would probably be left off here. Or as I'll get to in a second, there are a couple other players who I think are right, right there on the 53 man bubble. Maybe they decide to keep Tangelo and go six deep at the defensive line spot and just have a full second rotation um, able to come in. Or maybe Tangelo is, is somebody who goes to the practice squad if he clears waivers and they're able to bring Marlon Davidson back or start him on the 53 man roster right away. So that's kind of six players for five spots, what I have penciled in. Um, but again, with Davidson starting on IR, Tangelo is the pick here. And then I've got Timmy Horn, who I, you know, fumble recovery, a couple of batted passes. I think he goes to the practice squad. Tangelo would be another great practice squad candidate if he's not on the 53 man roster. Um, but that's five defensive linemen for the Falcons. Moving on now to the linebackers. We've got your edge rushers, outside linebackers. Really, this group has been pretty consistent, pretty much the same throughout. Uh, it's Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Ebicati, D'Angelo Malone, and Ade Ogundeji. Those are kind of a clear-cut four. Um, really, those are the four I would expect to play the bulk 
um, if not the majority of snaps for the Falcons this season. The real, real wild card in this mix is Quentin Bell. He made a big play in that final preseason game to block a punt, which, you know, is is always a big splash play if you are able to, you know, make a big special teams play. That is something because special teams is so vital to a lot of these players, like right on the roster bubble. It can be the difference. This is just where the math starts coming in, where if Marlon Davidson is out and Derek Tangelo is in, you know, then then that can open up a spot for somebody like Quentin Bell in the short term until, you know, if Marlon Davidson, whenever he does come back, assuming assuming Marlon Davidson is even in their plans, like let's I think they are. I think it's still too quick to necessarily pull the plug on Marlon Davidson, but his his time here in Atlanta has not been exactly what people wanted. So assuming that he is in the future plans in any way, shape or form, that's where we get into some of this trickiness. Now, Gwen Bell could start on the uh, on the 53 man roster and would be one of the primary special teams players in kind of across the special teams spectrum for Atlanta. He has been standing out in practice as a special teams player. So his spot on this roster really should be looked at more as again, like Avery Williams, kind of a special teams role. But he has earned that role um, through his play. It's just, you know, whether or not the Falcons want to use a spot like that for him or, you know, somebody who could actually really help out in a rotation offensively or defensively like a Derek Tangelo or somebody who I'm about to hear to name here next. That is where I think the decision really kind of comes down to for these coaches. Uh, if like Lorenzo Carter and Ade Ogundeji, I believe those are your two starters coming off of either edge. I think your two rookies, D'Angelo Malone, who actually recovered that blocked punt by Quentin Bell, and Arnold Levicati, who had an awesome third preseason game, they're going to be your reserves. But the future is is hopefully bright with these two guys to, pro- to provide supplemental pass rushing support and then evolve into full-blown pass rushers in their own right. That's the goal there, right? So where does Quentin Bell fit into all of it? Obviously, he's a special teams ace, but is he that much of an ace? And is he going to be valuable enough to start finding ways to fit in on the defense as well? Those are all big questions. But knowing what we know now, I have him in. I just have a question mark next to his name. So five outside linebackers, Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Evicati, D'Angelo Malone, Ade Ogundeji, Quinton Bell for now off of that great third preseason game and a strong camp overall. Um, but if, if Marla Davidson is on IR and I'm just going to stop bringing that up because we're going to say he's going to start the year on IR, which is going to open up some of these spots. Then Quinn Bell has a role and a spot available to him and he's going to get it in this exercise. Let's move inside to inside linebacker. Similar thing here, although some later developments, um, unfortunately the injury to Dorian Etheridge kind of changed up my math a little bit. I really had him penciled in for a spot. Hopefully everything is okay. I'm I'm recording this on Sunday, so we don't know yet about kind of his injury status, but it did not look very good. Um, so that has opened up one spot for me. And then of course, Deion Jones coming back, you know, he, he's going to be locked into one of these spots, at least initially until the team can figure out something to do with him or he's in the long-term plans. And, you know, <laughs> that's going to be something we're going to have to wrap our heads around, um, but he's going to have a spot on this roster and an opportunity to prove himself once again. Of course, Rashawn Evans and Michael Walker have been the starters throughout camp. 
That's not going to change. Arthur Smith has said he likes what he has in those two guys um, and is comfortable with them. Troy Anderson, the second round pick, he is going to, you know, slowly, I think, work into a greater role after getting dinged up a little bit earlier this summer. I thought he had a really great third preseason game. Um, He was able to pressure uh, the quarterback, I believe, EJ Evans, late in the uh, Jags preseason game to force um, an interception. It was Nate Landman who came up with that interception. And I have him circled for the practice squad if he clears waivers because he had a pretty productive preseason in my book. Um, And I would love to see him land on the Falcons practice squad. So those are four guys were Sean Evans, Michael Walker, Troy Anderson, Deion Jones, who I think are easily on this 53 man roster. And it leaves a fifth. And when we're talking about kind of guys who are on my personal roster bubble, and I've been lower on this player than, than most, but Nick Kwiatkowski, I, I just, he's been hurt. So I haven't seen a ton of him, but when I've been out there in practice, he's not stood out to me um, in the greatest possible way. His play in the final preseason game was fine, but you know, like th- there's, I think that the upside is there with Troy Anderson more. I think Deion Jones, a, you're paying him a lot more and he has a, a few more athletic abilities that I like more than Nick Kwiatkowski. If you're going to bring on somebody like Quentin Bell to really fill a big special teams role, does that make Nick Kwiatkowski superfluous and redundant? Maybe. So I have him in there now because again, Marlon Davidson, I've got circled to start the year on IR, but I don't feel great about it. And if, if I was going to really have to be forced to lose somebody on this list, Nick Kwiatkowski may be the first person that would go, but to kind of pull back full big picture here. And now that I've kind of named all of the players, really it comes down to Kwiatkowski, Bell and Tangelo for me. I'm able to kind of slide all three of those guys in there because Marlon Davidson is circled in my book to start the year on IR. But if he doesn't, and he is on that 53 man roster to begin with, then I think Tangelo Bell or Kwiatkowski will find themselves on the outside looking in. I think I would go Kwiatkowski Bell. Tangelo in that order and who I would boot out. But I know a lot of people would probably have Kwiatkowski last on that list um, because he has played in the league. He is a veteran. You know, he is he has started many games. I just think he's a little bit on the down downward slope. I have not seen it personally, and I like to trust what I see with my own two eyes. Um, and these other guys are a little bit younger and and kind of on the upswing. And so I like that with the kind of gelling of this team as it is. They've got a good mix of young guys and veterans. The younger guys are really hungry. The veterans are here with something to prove. I like rewarding some of the younger guys who have really shown it in preseason as opposed to saying, hey, the veteran gets the spot because he's the veteran. But if the coaching staff chooses to do that, they will. And oh, by the way, I've got Nick Kwiatkowski making this 53-man roster in these projections. So that's all just kind of an aside in case things do get a little bit murkier and they do need to find themselves evacuating one of these guys off of my proposed list. Um, but let's move past the linebackers and let's get into the secondary cornerbacks. Again, I, yeah, this has been a really fun group to watch. The starters have not played a ton, which is totally cool in my book because you've got AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward who Casey Hayward is, uh, you know, getting a little long in the tooth entering his 11th season, but it's still a very, very good player. You guys don't need me to tell you how excited I am for Casey Award. I've been doing it all summer long, summer of the secondary. Part of that is because of good old Casey. Um, AJ Terrell, let's see what he can do building off of an outstanding second season. 
Isaiah Oliver, I don't think is, is going to miss this roster coming back off of injury on a one-year deal. I'm curious to see what his role is, but I think he's very safe. Darren Hall entering his second season. I think a lot of people are excited to see what he can do with a little bit more run. He has looked pretty solid throughout the entirety of training camp. I know he got beat deep on one play in the third preseason game, but I'm not too worried about that. And then maybe the star of camp, maybe the MVP, D. Alford, uh, made a pick in the first preseason game, which was awesome to see. And he did not slow down after that. Um, the rookie has really made a name for himself and they have kind of moved him all over using him as, as kind of an outside corner and inside corner. So he's going to be the fifth cornerback, um, that I've got making this, this list right now. I, I noted, I noted earlier that the team has been reportedly working Avery Williams out a little bit of defense in case of a depth related emergency, which I understand because I only have five guys at corner and you're probably saying, what about Mike Ford? Um, I think Mike Ford could easily, easily be on this list. And maybe he belongs in that conversation that I just had about Derek Tangelo, Quentin Bell, Nick Kwiatkowski. He could be the fourth where if they decide to go with, you know, three of those four guys and, and he is one of those three, then I fully understand because he has played well. He is a veteran. Um, you know, I, I think he is somebody that Dean Pease respects a lot. And the only reason I've got him on the outside looking in is because D. Alford has started to to kind of eat into some of those snaps that Mike Ford had at nickel and especially kind of with the higher teams. We know that Isaiah Oliver is expected at some point to return in a full capacity and the team has been ramping him up in anticipation of that coming in week one. Is he going to step back into the starting nickel role? So if he does, and then they like D. Alford is maybe the backup there in a pinch, as well as a, a backup outside corner. Maybe there's just more versatility there. That could give D. Alford the spot over Mike Ford, who they may view as more of just a purely inside player. And they've got two players kind of already penciled there. Oh, by the way, Dean Pease has said that the nickel corner and his, his safeties are not fully interchangeable, but have similar kind of responsibilities, similar cross training, things like that. So the nickel corner, you know, could maybe be filled in a pinch um, by one of the safeties on the roster. So as I was looking to maybe free up some spot and balance out this roster a little bit, Mike Ford was left on the outside looking in, although I would 100% understand if the Falcons decide to go six deep at corner and Mike Ford gets um, a little bit more of a look and a spot on this 53-man roster. Just here, you got to make smart cuts, and that was one of them for me. Had more to do, I think, with the rise of D. Alford than poor play by Mike Ford, which, you know, is a silver lining and I think should be encouraging. You're looking at getting something maybe better in D. Alford instead of Mike Ford being disappointing, which is why I would be totally happy with him landing on this 53-man roster if that's what the Falcons decide to do. I do have Matt Hankins making the uh, practice squad as a rookie. I thought he played pretty well. He also got a lot of run out there during the preseason. So that was good to see. Um, I think he could be invited back on the practice squad. Let's go last kind of position group here before special teams, which we already know, you know, special teams, what it's going to be. But safety, this is one where ultimately I left the four that that have been just the four, the big four <laughs> throughout the entirety of training camp, Jalen Hawkins. Richie Grant, Eric Harris, Dean Marlowe. That is about as set in stone a top four as the Falcons probably have. Where I hesitated was with Tease Tabor, who has 
definitely bounced around the league a little bit and has not, I think, lived up to the expectations uh, when he was drafted out of Florida. However, he had an excellent, excellent uh, trio of preseason games and played a heck of a lot, had roles on special teams, was burned his fair share in in training camp, but also made his fair share of of plays. Kind of is is gritty, is tough. I think a little bit of what this coaching staff likes to see on the back end. I just don't know if you go with five safeties um, on this on this roster and adding somebody like Quentin Bell who could really play on special teams and have a big role there. Uh, you know, Parker Hesse I think can have a big role in special teams. Quadri Allison could have a big role in special teams. That was to me, maybe the area where Tease Tabor was going to be the most valuable because, again, he's not going to crack the too deep on the safety depth chart. So he would be a core special teams player, but the Falcons already have a few of those guys where they could be core special teams players. So I think Tease Tabor could end up somewhere else because he did put together some really good preseason tape. I just have him on the outside looking in at my safety group, which again is lock solid with Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, Eric Harris, and Dean Marlowe. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. It's, it's really not, not that much different than when they had Deron Harmon in there. It's just Dean Marlowe is now in that role. So real quick, the final three special teams players, Young Way Koo, Bradley Pinion, and Liam McCullough. Not a surprise there. You got your kicker, your punter, and your long snapper. And that rounds out our 53. I'm not going to um, do a full recap here because that would just be a minute of me reading names. And you guys have better things to do with your day than, than listen to that. I already did that. But I think that this is a, is a pretty fairly comprehensive list that's going to be um, kind of in line with what everybody else has that you're going to see. There may be one or two players different but that's going to come down to personal taste. It's going to come down to maybe I was watching field a and somebody else was watching field B when a, when a player made a big play. So don't read into these too much. They're really just great conversation starters and a really good thought experiment that again, I, I encourage you to do this on your own to put yourself in the mindset of what, you know, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are having to do of what, you know, some of your favorite people who cover this team are doing and, and trying to, really figure out, all right, how would I go about doing this? What would I prioritize and what would the team prioritize and what's different? And how does that impact what I watch on Sunday, what I'm thinking about all of that good stuff. It's a really fun exercise to do. Um, so please, if, if you wrote down, you know, my 53 man roster and, and you have your own share it with me, send it to me on, on Twitter at Will McFadden, always happy to, to share my thoughts or explain some, some thoughts that I had about why I decided to go a certain direction as opposed to um, another direction that you thought I may have gone in instead or should have gone in instead. So love the dialogue, love the discourse. That's ultimately what we're all doing here. So that is it for my official 53-man roster pro projection for 2022. Uh, we're only a few hours away from finding out if I am correct or absolutely full of it. And that'll be fun, right? Don't forget, later today, we will have a breakdown of the 53-man roster with the Athletics' Josh Kendall. He and I have talked a lot about the roster um, throughout training camp, and he's a lot of fun to kind of talk strategies with and, and why did the team do this? What may have been their thought process and going with this player over this player? You'll get all of that on this feed either later this evening or first thing tomorrow morning, so be on the lookout for that. And then we're off and running. The season is here. Hate week is right around the corner. It's such a fun time for football. 
everything is is on the horizon and none of our dreams have been dashed yet. So look forward to that. Um, we've got a big, big season ahead of us and you know a fun slate of podcasts upcoming, kicking things off with Hate Week and the Saints. So everybody get rested, get ready for that because um, we're going to need a lot of energy. And I really appreciate you all listening throughout the off season. But now is when the fun stuff starts. So today's podcast was presented as always by Bet Online. We will be back later in the week, um, hopefully with a little bit of a primer for the season and what to expect. We'll have our final predictions and then we will be previewing the first game between the Falcons and Saints kicking off the 2022 season. It is here. Get excited. And most importantly, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.